You're listening to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. Hey guys, this is Pastor Vlad. Just want to extend this invitation to any young person there for next year's internship during July and August time. If you're going to come to this internship, I promise you God is going to do some incredible things in your life. And so uh, if you have more questions, just go to our website, hungrygen.com internship. And now let's go into this week's message. I want to preach tonight uh, shortly on this message called Keep Satan Out. Ooh, yes. Halloween is coming up, so you got to lock your doors and your windows, hide your wife and your kids because they're coming for you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, when we're coming from Ukraine and Russia, you know, for us, Halloween is like, like man, <laughs> hide, hide. <laughs> A little four-year-old you're from the devil. <laughs> no. So a few things about Halloween. Some people had questions, you know, should we, as Christians, should we celebrate it, you know, or um, it, did you guys know Halloween is the way, is, is devil's way to give you diabetes? All right. Anyway, so just so you, if you didn't know, I just want to let you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, Halloween, many people arguing, should we celebrate? Should we not? You know, uh, if we are saved, how is this going to affect us? Should I open the door? Should I decorate my house? Should I dress up? What not? So uh, what I just want to give you a quote from this guy. And if you can put it up on the screen here, I just want to read it. This one guy said, said, I'm glad that Christians, Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night out of the year. Welcome to Halloween. Anton Lavi, founder of the Church of Satan. So, okay, let that sink in a little bit, and I let you decide, celebrate it or not. Um, some people are like, should I open the door? So many people are like, you know, if they're going to knock on my door, you know, should I open the door? Yes, open the door, preach the gospel to them, and bless them with some candies. Show God's love for them, you know. Start like, oh, I'm going to lock the house. They're going to turn off the lights. You know, even uh, if we're going to put up the sign, the only ghost you're going to find in this house, the Holy Ghost, you know. You can be radical. You know, that's, that's actually a pretty good one. I'm going to actually post that one. So I don't got that much candy anyways. Should you open the door? Yes. Open the door. Share the message of the gospel with them. How many times people are going to come and beg you for something? Might as well share the message of love, right? Give them some candy. Should your kids dress up? Let them dress up as Jesus and the disciples. <laughs> Let them go to each door. Look at this. Everybody's going to open so you can preach the gospel. Amen? I mean, come on. Admit this. <laughs> Everybody, <coughs> even if you want to dress up as Jesus, this is your earthly reward. You will actually get something for preaching the gospel. It's going to be diabetes most likely, but you're going to get some candy. So should they dress up? Let them dress up as Mary. Whatever. Go knock on some doors. Preach the gospel to everybody else. Should we decorate our house? No. Use the money to bring to church and give it in the tithing offering. So those are my just um, suggestions to you about Halloween. So as we read the quote, you decide on how to do that and how to go about it. Um, the message, the title, uh, the topic of the message is keep Satan out. Many times people feel like, well, once I get saved and, and uh, I give my life to God, that's it. You know, this life is going to be perfect. Everything's going to be good. No, the Bible clearly talks about the Satan is like a roaring lion walking around seeking who can he devour. 
So if you don't got your guard up, if you're just chilling in this Christian life, you know, it's not that you have to be always scared, oh, what if the devil is out there to get me? No, but just there's certain things that we have to do as Christians to keep him out. And I want to read the scripture in James 4, 7. If you don't have it, it's here on the screen. It says this, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen? That is a promise that God says, if you submit yourself to me, resist him, and he will flee from you. Simple as that. Which way can we submit ourselves to God? How can we do it? Many people are like, you know, oh, this person's evil. This person is so terrible. This person is like Satan. You have to understand every single person is good. Every single person is good. But it's how much evil they let inside of them that makes them bad. How much evil they let inside of them that makes them to do the evil things. Even Satan used to be an angel. It is allowing that pride to come inside the hearts which corrupted him. So we have to understand it's not about, oh, this, you know, I hope one day I don't become evil, things like that. No, it's the decisions that you allow. It's what you let enter inside you that makes you do good or do bad. Amen, church? And first point, if you want to write it down, it says, before resist, there must be submits. Somebody say, before resist, there must be submits. So we have to understand before we can resist the devil we have to learn to submit to God. We have to learn to submit to God and how and, and submitting to God what does that mean? It, that means having Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior as our Master. When you submit, there is no thing, oh, you know what, Jesus, I tell you what to do. You know, I, I tell you when to bless me. I tell you, no, no, this is submission. It's having Jesus as your master. It's not just one time on Wednesday I visited the church and I prayed for a blessing and Jesus is my master. No, it's submitting your life to God and then resisting Satan. The resisting cannot come, you know, you can come here one time or maybe on a Friday night and just, you know, oh, the devil's attacking me. You know, I'm just going to resist, resist. If you don't submit your life to God, there is no resisting. There's no way you can fight. Many people are like, oh, I'm under attack from saying he's attacking me. You know, I'm, I have so much temptation. Well, where'd you go? I was in a club and everybody was just tempting me. The devil's after me. Well, yeah, of course there's going to be temptation. You know, all these people, you know, I've just strived to smoke. And I'm like, well, who are you hanging around with? Well, my friends are smokers, you know, just trying to be the light. You know, of course. There will be a time and a place where you will begin to witness to those people. But if your life is not submitted to God, if Jesus is not your master, you cannot resist. The difference between Judah and Peter, you have to understand why Judas was even so close to Jesus' heart. Because not even once did Jesus, Judas ever mention to Jesus that he was his master. He always said teacher, rabbi, oh, uh, you know, somebody. He was never a submission to Jesus. And that's what led Judas to do what he did. So we have to understand that part. Our life had to be submitted to God and then we can resist. Many times people are like, oh, you know, I'm falling. I'm messing up. I'm doing these things. I would question your submission to God. I'll question your, your dedication to church. I'll question your dedication to, to home groups, to the environment where it can push you in a direction where you're being like a Christian. Amen, church? Many people, uh, many people are just, you know, saying that um, I, I, I don't have time. 
I don't have time for church. I don't have time for this, for this. And I just want to tell you this. It's a matter of priorities. You know, if, it's, if you make it a priority, you'll make it happen. If you give yourself to everything, then you'll never have time for God. If you give yourself for every picnic, for every birthday, you know, I'm coming from a Russian family. There's so many birthdays every day of the week, maybe even every hour of the week. The first cousin, second cousin, third cousin, I don't even know half of them. Many times when I meet new people, I'm like, can you please tell me if you're my cousin or not? Because I, I can't tell. <laughs> Some of you have my own last name and like go to a different state, different city. Like, oh, I'm Bartik. I'm like, I don't know, man. It's too fishy. Too good to be true. If you give yourself to everything, you'll never have time for God. There has to be a priority. There has to be a set. The look, my life belongs to God. I know there's family. I know there's job. I know there's career. There's certain things. But God is the one that holds it together. God is the, is the, the author and the finisher. He knows if, if there's a thing that I lack, he's the one that orchestrates it. He's the author and the finisher. He started it and he will finish. Don't think one day, oh, I'm just, I need some time away from church. Why? I need to fix my family. Are you the one to fix it or God? Who created it? Who fashioned it together? Come on, church. Put your hands together for Jesus. You are responsible for, your, for what you give your attention to. You're responsible for what you give yourself to. It's not what other people decide. It's not what people direct. But it's, it's, it's your, your, your focus, your dedication, your personal decision. Your personal decision. We have to love and respect people around us. But nobody, you're the one at the end of the day to make that choice. To follow God or not to follow God. I mean, to me, till this day, you know, my wife, you know, she's coming out of a Catholic background. You know, in the beginning when she first started coming to church, you know, it was different. Nobody else understood. Nobody else believed it. And so I was like, you know, hey, you, once you're Catholic, you're always Catholic. You die Catholic. You know, that's how it works, I think. Yeah, no? Yeah, something like that. But it's, you know, for about her, it was like saying, you know what? I live my life. I have to make my own decisions. I need to be responsible. It's not somebody else's choice who will determine my future. I'm responsible for my happiness, so I need to make the decision. Look, this is time for church, and I cannot miss it. This is time for God. I cannot miss it. I have to make host group a priority. I have to make prayer a priority. I have to make Friday night a priority. This is part of my life, and that will determine your future and your happiness. Sometimes the people like... Uh, you know uh, begin to say certain things like oh this is my mentor this is my this is my pastor and all these things and I listen what they do and they're you know it's a little bit overused just to let you know if you're calling somebody your mentor it's I think feel like nowadays mentors a little bit overused um, you know they're doing whatever they want and then trouble comes they're like oh this is my mentor you know it's submission to God simple as that you need to begin to dedicate yourself in the Word of God. Begin to dedicate to your local church, to your host groups, to your pastors, to your leaders. And begin to indulge and ask God, how much can I submit on myself? The more you submit to God, the easier it will be to resist Satan. The easier. I didn't say Satan will, will, will vanish. No, there will still be hard times. There will be still things that you will have to go through. But it's when, the, when God, when Jesus becomes your master, you no longer fight the fight alone. Amen, church? You are no longer by yourself making the shots. Jesus said, look, I started the fight. I finished it. And you know what? I have won. Amen, church? As we begin to uh, 
resist before we resist we begin to submit we have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior second point we have to understand is we have to run to God before Satan does as we begin to submit ourselves to God we have to understand life will not be perfect emotions will be high emotions will be low sometimes you'll be excited because you made the right right choice and the other days you'll be depressed because you messed up you have to be make the mind decision I have to get to God before Satan does I have to run to God before Satan does because you have to understand one thing it's not what happens to you it's how you respond to it how, how you respond some people had made the worst sin in the world yet they come to Jesus and Jesus says I washed it I, I cleaned it you're 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 as pure as snow like as if never happened and the other people you know even lie but yet they, they feel guilty and they don't, they, they don't run to God and Satan makes them feel like the worst criminal in the world you have to be able to run to God say you know God I messed up I, 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 didn't, I didn't measure up. I know I'm not perfect, but I am coming to you because you can help me not to make the same mistake again. Yes, it might not be again. It might not be the second time, third time, but I'm running to you. And that's why the Bible begins to call David a man after God's own heart. Why? It's not because he didn't sin, yet he sinned a lot in the wrong areas. Yet he was a man that always ran to God. He said, God, wash me clean. Make me pure snow. I'm not worthy. Let your blood, let your mercy, let your spirit not, not be taken away from me. You know, I, I, I messed up. I'm not perfect. That's the way you can fight Satan. Because Satan can make you believe that this thing is too small and it's, and it's not that big. And then as soon as you do it, he flips the coin and says, it's the biggest sin in the world. The moment you come back to God, everybody was going to know. Everybody in church will know that you're a hypocrite and nobody's going to forgive you. God is not going to forgive you. He tricks your mind into thinking that what you're going to do is so small and so insignificant that after you do it, he'll make you feel so guilty. They'll feel like if I come to God, I'm not worthy to be forgiven. We have to make a mind decision. It's not that the Bible says the righteous, righteous falls seven times, but he gets up, he gets up, he gets up. That what makes you better and stronger that you get up, not that you stay in. That you begin to say, God, I'm not perfect, but I'm running back to you. Come on, church. And the last point is this. Your crew determines the future you. I tried to rhyme here, but I don't know how far that went. Your crew determines the future you the first one we we said that uh you have you must before you resist you must submit second one is that we run to god before satan does and the third one is is your environment your crew who you who you are hanging around with who you spent your downtime with who you are it's not the, just the church time so oh, i got many good christian friends it's not about the christian friends who do you spend your time who are you chilling when everything's good everything's relaxed where do you go we have to understand that that is the part that begins to shape us that begins to bold us yes we can come to church and pretend that everything's fine but that's not what really builds you when you let your guards down when you when you have nobody you know cross-checking you when you're just when you just chill nobody really you don't need to pretend in front of anybody that's what builds you that's what begins to determine the future you it's hard to find it's hard to find to fight sin in the club it's hard to find against <clears throat> against drugs when you are in the midst of drugs it's hard to begin to resist sin when you're in the midst of it when you begin to surround yourself with things that are going against your conscience it's hard to fight against it we have to understand we can't be mad at weights because they're heavy if we're expecting muscles you cannot 
So getting mad at the waves and be like, oh, this is, this is not working, this is a thing. And then going home and expecting to gain muscle. You can't be, be mad at the people around you who are, who are doing bad and yet you are expecting to do good. Oh, God, bring me blessing because things are not working out. Who do you hang around yourself with? Who you put yourself around that challenges you? That, that says, you know, hey, I don't like that you're doing this. Hey, I don't like that you're saying this. Yes, it might not be comfortable, but that's what grows you. Anything that doesn't grow you will always and always derail you. You have to understand that part. Anything that doesn't grow you will always take you back. Because anything that doesn't grow you, you have a comfortable uh, to do what you want, say what you want, feel what you want. And just, just everything is everywhere. You have to understand your crew. Who, who, who is the people that you're always with? Some people are like, oh, here's my mentor, you know, things like that. No, it's, it's not about mentorship in this place. It's about what you do in the time where, where you're relaxed, where it's your downtime, where, where nobody sees you. You don't need to pretend. You don't need to put on a show. You don't need to put on a facade to be able to say, hey, this is, this is what I am. This is what I do. This is, this is who I am. We have to determine that if we need to keep Satan out, we have to follow these, these simple guidelines for my life. That you know there's a lot of times I don't go to hang out with certain people. Why? Because I know they'll do me no good. If I can't grow with you, I don't roll with you. I just made that up and that was good. <laughs> that was good. Jesus, that was good. <laughs> I just literally made that up. But uh, there's certain things and certain people in my life that, that I, I distance myself from. Because I know there's times where I can be a light to them. To, to, to give them a, a word of message, encouragement. But when it comes to just to chill, I stay away from that because I know that's where my guard is down. That's where I know that, you know, as strong as I might be, as strong as my conscience may be, there's always a thing that hit hard enough and sooner it will crack. Hit hard enough and sooner or later it will crack. There's certain situations that I don't even, own, don't even put myself in. Why? Because I know if my guards are down, if things, I'm just vulnerable just like any man to begin to fail and to begin to fall. And it's not what's going to make me evil that I make me like, you know, uh, this worst person. It's just how much evil I begin to let myself in. Little bit after little bit, little bit after little bit, little bit then you find yourself in a point that said, how did I get myself here? How did I put myself in a situation? I can't even come to church because everybody's judging me because everybody knows what I did. Everybody's just, uh, you know, everybody's judging me, you know, and I can't come back to church. And that's the lie of Satan. First tricks you into saying it's too small. Then flips the coin and says it's so big that God will never forgive you. The church will never forgive you. The church will never accept you. And that's just light of the enemy. Amen, church? So I wanted to be able to speak that tonight to you. To be able to, to, to live a lifestyle where we know that we run a straight, straight race to God. But we cast away every weight and every sin that easily entangles us. Amen, church? And that sin is just the, the ignorance of saying, you know, I'm perfect. The ignorance saying, I don't need God. You know, it might be a small sin, but it's fine. No, we need to run to God and say, God, every Sunday, every Wednesday, every time we get a chance, say, God, I'm not perfect. Help me to overcome my weakness. I want to challenge you tonight when maybe you, you begin to give your life to God and you, you hit a plateau. Maybe you've seen that you know, life with God is a little bit tough. And it's, it's like getting mad at the weight because they're so heavy and you're expecting for growth. You know, you look at that and you say, you know, it's foolish. But in many times in reality, that's how we are. 
We come to church and we are like, God, bless me. And then all of a sudden you lose your job. Or you say, God, you know, you're my healer. All of a sudden the sickness comes and, and you're like, you know, this, this is much harder than I thought. Yes, it is. You know, like when I, when I first started going to the gym and uh, there's this, our trainer was like, you got to, it doesn't matter how much you work out, you got to get on this meal plan. It's like, meal plan? I like my Subway, man. I like my Olive Garden. I like my pizzas. I like my food. We said, in order to grow, you have to do the things that you are uncomfortable with. And you know what? To tell the truth, sometimes coming to church is uncomfortable. It's like, oh man, things are not going good. I might just stay back and, and work extra few hours so I can collect more money to pay my bills. That's hard. It's a hard decision. But it's your priorities. What do you put before God? Is he your provider or your boss is a provider? It is when, when you've been praying for certain things and actually the opposite begins to take place. And that's when you are at the crossroad and you say, you know what, this is too tough. I want success. I want God to bless me, but I don't know if I'm ready to put in the work. You can't get mad at the weights because they're too heavy. You can't get mad at the circumstances because God says, you ask for blessing. I'm trying to get you up there. And it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy to climb. It's easier to run down, but to climb takes strength. You might slip, you might fall, you might hurt your knee, you might bleed a bit, but that's the way you get back up. With God, there's no just high times. My, my Bible makes me understand that my God is the God of the highs and the lows, the hills and the valleys. If we in order to keep Satan now, we have to understand, he'll begin to lie to us. Hey, this is, you know, it's supposed to be easy and, and he lied to you. It's not easy, but nothing good comes at a cheap price nothing good yeah I can go buy a car for $500 but I don't expect it to last me for for over a month but that's how many times I meet people and they're like you know I started coming to church for one month and God's not blessing me I'm like dude I was born in church and there's certain things I've been praying for I still haven't got but I'm still fighting for it, it makes me better makes me stronger there's certain blessings that I've been praying for years I still haven't got but I know my God is a faithful God amen church I know my God is a good God I know my God has said that I, if I started it I will finish there's nothing that I say that will not come back to me without avoiding amen church I want you to rise up on your feet thanks for listening to this week's message from Hungry Generation stay connected with us on Facebook Instagram Twitter and Snapchat by using at Hungry Gen Stay blessed and we'll see you next week.